Part three, chapter nine of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter nine. In those days, as has always been the case, high society, which met at court and at the fashionable balls, was divided into a number of inner circles, each having its own distinctive peculiarities. The most extensive of these cliques was the French circle, based on the Napoleonic alliance and led by Count Rumyantsdorf and Kolenkor. Ellen immediately took a most prominent position in this clique, as soon as she and her husband resumed their residence together at Petersburg. Her salon was frequented by the gentlemen of the French legation, and by the great collection of people distinguished for their amiability and wit, who were in that swim. Ellen had been at Erfurt at the time of the notable meeting between the emperors, and had there made acquaintance of all the Napoleonic celebrities of Europe she had enjoyed a most brilliant success. Napoleon himself remarked her presence at the theatre, and said of her, C'est un superbe animal. Pierre was not surprised at her success, as far as beauty and elegance were concerned, because, as time went on, she grew more beautiful than ever. But he was amazed that his wife, in the course of two short years, should have succeeded in acquiring the reputation of being une femme charmante, aussi spirituelle que belle. The distinguished Prince de Lange wrote her eight-page letters. Bilibin treasured up his witticisms so as to get them off for the first time at the Countess Buzakaya's. To be received at her salon was regarded as equivalent to a diploma of wit and intelligence. Young men read books previous to making their appearance there so as to have some special subject to talk about, and the secretaries of legation, and even the ambassadors, confided diplomatic secrets to her so that Ellen was a power in a certain way. Pierre, who knew how stupid she really was, had a strange feeling of perplexity and fear when he appeared, as he sometimes did, at her receptions and dinner-parties, where the conversation ran on politics, poetry, and philosophy. On such occasions he experienced a feeling such as a juggler must have, who is all the time afraid lest somehow or other his deception should be found out. But either because stupidity is the one thing needful in the management of such a salon, or because those who are deceived find a certain amount of satisfaction in the deception itself, the secret was not betrayed, and Elena Vasilyevna Buzakaya's reputation of being une femme charmante et spirituelle was so firmly established that she could say the most astonishing trivialities and nonsense, and all professed themselves charmed with every word that fell from her lips, and discovered in them a depth of thought which she herself did not begin to suspect. Pierre was precisely the kind of husband— which such a brilliant woman of the world ought by good rights to have. He was a queer, absent-minded fellow, a grand seigneur of a husband, interfering with no one, and not only not spoiling the lofty tone proper to such a drawing-room, but serving as an admirable background against which to display his wife's elegance and tact. Pierre, during these two years, in consequence of perpetually concentrating his mind on transcendental interests, and of his genuine contempt for all things else, assumed in the, to him uninteresting, society which his wife gathered around her, that tone of abstraction and absent-mindedness, combined with affability toward all, which cannot be acquired by art, and which somehow commanded involuntary respect. He walked into his wife's drawing-room as though it were the theatre, and he knew every one, toward all he was equally cordial and equally reserved. Sometimes he joined in the conversation, if it interested him, and then he blurted out his opinions with that thick utterance of his, regardless of the inappropriateness of his ideas, or the presence of le monsieur de l'ambassade. 
but it was a foregone conclusion in regard to that queer husband de la femme la plus distinguée de petersburg that no one should take his idiosyncrasies seriously among the young men who daily frequented ellen's society after her return from erfurt boris drubetskoy who was now on the highest road to success in the service was the most assiduous in his visitations to the bozikoys ellen called him mon page and treated him as though he were a boy the smiles that she gave him were just like those that she showered upon every one else but occasionally pierre had an unpleasant feeling at the sight of it boris treated pierre with a peculiar and rather grave deference that was perfectly proper this shade of deference also disquieted pierre he had suffered so keenly three years before from the affront that his wife had put upon him that he now saved himself from the possibility of a repetition of it in the first place by renouncing the idea of being his wife's husband and in the second place by not allowing a suspicion of her to enter his head no now that she has become a bleu, a blue stocking she will never be troubled again with such temptations he would say to himself there is no example of a bleu having love affairs he would assure himself as though it were an axiom in which he had no question though he could not have told where he had obtained it but strangely enough boris's presence in his wife's drawing-room and he was there almost constantly affected him physically it seemed to paralyze all of his limbs to waken all his self-consciousness and take away his freedom of motion such a strange antipathy thought pierre and yet he used to please me very much in the eyes of the world pierre was a great baron the somewhat blinded and ridiculous husband of a distinguished wife a queer genius who accomplished nothing did no one any harm and who was on the whole a very fine and good young man but in the depths of pierre's soul during all this time there was going on the complicated and arduous labor of internal development which brought him into the knowledge of many secrets and made him pass through many joys and many doubts End of chapter nine